welcome to New Wineskins, a podcast dedicated to helping your church discover fresh perspectives to increase your ministry effectiveness, engage your community, and fulfill your calling in the context of our current culture. Each episode, we take time to dialogue with pastors, church staff, lay leaders, and experts who bring new ideas and fresh perspectives to assist the local church. You can find out more about our program by visiting us on anchor.fm or email at tony.brooks at bgav.org. Our host for this journey is Dr. Tony Brooks, field strategist for the Baptist General Association of Virginia. We hope you enjoy this episode of New Wineskins. Here's Tony. I'm very thankful to be with Reverend Jerry Stanfield. Um, Jerry is a pastor at Childry Baptist. He's been there 14 years. Um, Again, having been here over 10 years as a field strategist for the Baptist General Association of Virginia, uh, Jerry's been one of those that uh, really resonates with me. Um, His passion to get out in the community and... um, his love for his church. Um, there, there are so many ways I could go with this, but Jerry, I'm glad you could join me today. I'm glad to be with you today. So let's talk about, I mean, you've done a great job in uh, just reaching out to the community. What are some of those uh, easy ways? If, if a pastor is just trying to get started uh, going into the community, um, what would you do to get started? Tony, for me, um, the key was starting slow and starting small. I didn't do big projects at first. I did some smaller projects that gave us some easy wins to get the church uh, started thinking about the community. And so, like, for instance, one of the easy wins was going to the Brook Neal Christmas Parade and giving out uh, gospel tracts. And another one was we uh, went to Food Lion and used a local uh, business to buy light bulbs and stood at Food Lion giving out packs of light bulbs. Those were two of some of the easiest things that we did. Yeah, Jerry, just thinking about that. Um... Again, you started slow. So how many people were involved as far as your church in helping do this? Yeah, I knew we didn't have a lot of people up front. So I just started small and slow. I probably had uh, two to four people at first helping me with these projects. And Jerry, I think that's where small churches need to understand. It doesn't have to be a large group getting something started. You know, if you got two or three or four that are yeah. willing to go in. Yeah. Which I, again, I'm thankful for that. Um, so now the, the bigger one, those big dreams of serving and how they came about. Um, yeah, again, you know, well, I'm thinking uh, about Golden Skillet right now and, and how that worked out. Right. Start there. Tell me about Golden Skillet and what happened. 
Okay, after we had been doing small projects for a while and gaining momentum, I decided to try some bigger projects. So I approached the owners of the Golden Skillet about doing a Thanksgiving Day meal for the community. And they bought into it right away, loved it. And so we started serving free Thanksgiving Day meals at the Golden Skillet, which required us to come up with uh, waiters and waitresses, people to clean the restaurant, people to minister to the folks that came in. And by this time, people began to be interested in what we were doing in the community. So getting the volunteers wasn't a problem. They had been doing some of the smaller projects and word had gotten out and it sort of spread through the church. And so when it came time to do some of the larger projects, people were interested in, and not every project are you going to have the same people. Right. Different projects uh, interest different people, and that's okay. Amen. I agree. Well, uh, again, even with Golden Skillet, I think about um, it's not just about those that uh, you're providing a, a meal at no cost. They could leave a donation. Right. For those that are, you know, by themselves or a couple that have no place to go on Thanksgiving, and which was wonderful. But you also provided meals for those shut-ins and took those out. Right. Yes. We had a lot of feedback from the people who came to that meal that they were so grateful that they insisted we put a donation box out. We weren't planning on doing that. Golden Skillet and Childry were going to cover the cost. And we were okay with doing that. But so many people said, we want to make a donation. Please put out a box. So we did. And as it developed, the meal almost pays for itself. Yeah. And Jerry, I can just say, um, some pastors are probably just hesitant to even ask a business to do this but you discovered if i remember correctly you tell me if i'm wrong you, you suggested that you would all pay for the workers to come in and for the food and golden skillet said uh no we'll pay for the laborers uh, the workers and uh for half the food is that correct in my yes. okay Yes, the Golden Skillet was, owners of the Golden Skillet uh, were more than willing to help us pay for everything that needed to be paid for. Uh, we tried to partner with them and say, well, at least let us cover half. But then when we put out the donation box, the money came in and we kept it at the Golden Skillet and they took it and counted it and said, you're not going to believe this, but the donations have come in, so it's not going to cost us hardly anything. So that's how that's how we are able to keep doing this every year. Yeah, Jerry, I, again, I'm thankful. You know um, my story, and I've shared that with you before. I know that 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 particular one, you were away, but uh, our kids were coming in for Thanksgiving, and um, and we talked about we can have our traditional Thanksgiving right here and just enjoy that and, and time together. Or we could go serve at Golden Skillet. And my daughter, Tara, said, Dad, would why would you even ask us that? We want to go to Golden Skillet. We want to go serve. Young adults 
they want opportunities like this. And um, I think yes. pastors, yeah, and others need to know that. So you've done so much, um, but let's talk about helping the town. Some of the projects that you've gone to different leaders uh, there in Brook Neal. I think one was a handicap ramp. Correct. I was reading the local paper and saw where the town manager uh, was talking about needing to put a ramp in a community building, but didn't have laborers. They had the resources, they had the money to buy the material, but they didn't have laborers. So when I saw that article, I went to the town office and visited with the town manager and offered to collect volunteers from various churches to build that ramp if they had the materials. And so he was delighted to uh, let me do that. And so I started calling five or six other local churches and uh, they participated, sending a volunteer or two. And uh, even one of the volunteers led the construction of the ramp and uh, designed it, led in the construction of it. And we simply volunteered our labor and uh, went to the Golden Skillet for lunch that day. And it was just a wonderful experience of blessing the town and cooperating with other churches. Amen. And that's what it's about. Getting our pastors and churches engaged in the community and ways to help. Now, I think there was, again, if I'm wrong, please help me because it's been a while. We've talked about so many projects you've done. Um, as far as the park, I think there was some work y'all did there as well. Yes, there was a, a council member, town council member, Mark Wilkes, who oversees the little local park there at, in Brook Neal. And uh, I got to talking to Mark, and he was talking about wanting to refurbish that park with some new equipment and updating that kind of thing. And so uh, I went into the fundraising mode and went to the town businesses and told them what we were doing and asked for donations. And many of them donated to that project, and we were able to buy uh, some new equipment for the park and refurbish that park some. So it made it for a nice local park. We put in some grills for people to be able to grill out. We put in some new equipment for the children to play on. And uh, it's an ongoing work, but uh, that was a good project. Well, Jerry, I go by that uh, park, you know, pretty much every Sunday on my way to Dan River. And I'm, I'm very thankful um, for that opportunity for families to go and enjoy that park. Um, so here's the bigger question. If a pastor is dreaming those big dreams, they want to see something. What community leaders do they need to go to to see that happen? Well, for me, uh, I went to the town council and met the town council and got to try to know them. I met the mayor and uh, picked the mayor's brain for a while about things they would like to see happen. Uh, I've talked to uh, the manager at Food Line about some partnerships. I talked to uh, school principals, business owners, just anybody I can think of in the community uh, that might be a leader and might be willing to partner uh, with, uh, with our church or with several churches, depending on the project. Uh, and, and I've had great success. We did a 
free oil change for senior citizens and moms at a local, uh, single moms at a local auto business. And uh, the business owner was more than willing to pay for half and we paid for half. And we gave out vouchers for 50 free oil changes. So business leaders and community leaders wanna be of help to the community, they just don't know how. And when a pastor or a church leader comes out with some ideas and engages them with them, they're more than willing to help, more than willing to participate and partner, and oftentimes uh, add financial uh, help to the project. Jerry, you are, uh, again, one of the examples. And um, that's why I wanted to interview you today. And just thinking about um, the church has the ability because normally they have members in the church that are business, nonprofit, um, law enforcement, social workers, uh, all the right. different venues. And if we could dream dreams together and figure out what is needed in the community, we can make such a difference. And um, yes, uh, again, I'm thankful for you. I know you also mentor a lot of younger pastors uh, that are in the area uh, at Golden Skillet often. And I've met you there many times with other pastors and well, as well as just encouraging pastors and you know how much I feel about you and, and what you do. Um, hopefully, lots of other pastors will hear this podcast and realize that we have to go out the outside the church walls. You know, we, we've got to get out there and meet yes. community leaders, businesses, um, and, and begin to work towards kingdom work and what that might look like. Any other sometimes thoughts? It's a little, yeah, sometimes it's a little intimidating for a pastor who may not be a visionary, but uh, two things can help you. One is you can learn to be, if you want to, by studying leadership books and visionary leadership books, taking a few courses at the BGAV, they have leadership training, uh, or if, if that just doesn't uh, excite you, Find those visionaries in the church and get them together and let them dialogue and tell you some things that are on their heart and you empower them to help lead your church and you support them and you participate. Amen, Jerry. Um, and I know you've been through a huddle with me using building a discipling culture and, and looking at uh, the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4 when we're really our DNA is pastor um, or prophet, we, we need some apostles right. to come alongside us um, that can provide some of that, those ideas that we've not thought about. And uh, again, you're a great example and uh, I appreciate you. So what's next? What's going on right now? I know you, trust me, we've talked about many things. I could, we could go so many directions here. Uh, you've done so much as far as um, community DBS, um, 
starting a, a Bible study in a church that's struggling and, and trying to help yeah. them. There, there are so many ways we could go with this. We had a community vacation Bible school, not on the church site, but at a local school. And again, we incorporated several churches in that, and we probably had 300 folks in Bible school that year. Yeah. And it was a blessing to be able to see that many people at one time working together for the kingdom cause uh, of sharing the gospel. Definitely. Again, you, you probably have, we could go for hours about different examples of things you've done, but uh, along with your church and the, the, you know, God leading you with that and um, other churches that have been a part of that. Um, if I remember correctly, the Thanksgiving Golden Skillet, uh, the owners, I think, were members at Brook Neal. If I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah, just be, you know, again, that is, I'm guessing they had never thought about something like this until you brought it to them, but they, never, as, never done well, it before. yeah, as followers of Christ, by you bringing this up, it gave them a new idea and a new way to help. And that's what it's about. We've got to partner with other churches engage our community in new ways and uh well we're a rural church tony as you know and so even in rural settings when you're not in town we're not in town we're five miles away from brookneal which is the closest town to us south boston's 25 minutes down the road lynchburg's close to 40 45 minutes away so brookneal yeah. is our closest town and so what i try to do is focus there uh, on some of the projects that we can do because it's the it's the closest town to us. But I would advise rural pastors to think in terms of a 25 or 30 mile radius around the church. People drive now and they're willing to drive to a church and spend 20, 25 minutes driving if they find a church that's active and one that's uh, doing things in the community and, and, and they're interested in that, they'll come to your church so now we try to do some things in South Boston as well as Brook Neal. Amen. That's a good word. Um, so if someone wanted to know more about your church and what you're doing, how could they get in touch with you? Well, there's a couple of ways. We have a church website that they can go to and uh, find us on Children's Baptist Church website. They can uh, call me. My cell phone number is 434-572-7031. They can get me through you. They can get me through the Dan River Baptist Association. So uh, I'd be glad to talk to any pastor or any church leader that's interested in trying to get outside the four walls of the church into the community. I'd love to work with them and help them. I recently met with Kermit Evans over at... Uh, where is Kermit? Scottsburg. Scottsburg. I couldn't think of Scottsburg. But anyway, we met, and I drove through the community with Kermit, and we just talked and dreamed, and, and now he is out there in the community with his church doing some very positive work. 
So any church can do it, and it's just a matter of uh, pr praying, driving through your community, taking a look with eyes wide open and seeing what's available, and then engaging those persons in the community uh, like business leaders and other folks. Jerry, that's a good word. Again, I think about, um, you know, in those churches that have a city um, with lots of neighborhoods, it's getting members to do a prayer walk and just walk through and pray. But in, in our, our situation, a lot of farming areas, it may be a prayer drive and praying and seeing what God might do. Yeah. Jerry, thank you, my friend. We hope you've enjoyed the content this week and that you found something that you can put in use today for your ministry context. If you'd like more information about the content of today's episode or more information about Dr. Tony Brooks or the Baptist General Association of Virginia or just want to connect for further dialogue and resources, go to bgav.org or email Tony at tony.brooks at bgav.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode of New Wineskins, where we discuss fresh perspectives for the local church in the 21st century. Mm -hmm.